It's episode 120 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously. Um, come on, Spurs. <laughs> I was thinking, how long can I go into the podcast without mentioning Tottenham? Uh, nah, I've got to start straight off on that. If you didn't see, if you lived under a fucking rock, and you see this amazing week of football. Started on Monday. Remember, this is all the same week. So the Monday when uh, Vincent Company hit that thunder jihad from outside the box. All of his teammates saying, don't shoot. Pep saying, don't shoot. He went, fuck it, I'm shooting. And that's one of those ones. Like, if that goes wide, no one's even making eye contact with him. Because he's the captain, so you can't really rollick your captain, right? You just kind of have to just look at him, for fuck's sake. Just muttering under your breath. What a twat. Who the fuck shoots from there? But bam! Top corner. Unbelievable. The swerve from left to right as well. Amazing. So, you know, we thought we saw the best we were going to see in football that week. But no. No. No, Liverpool went, <laughs> you think that's good? City, hold my beer. Then Liverpool, from 3-0 down the first leg, take it back to Anfield. 4-0. Unbelievable scenes. Trent Alexander-Arnold's corner. Oh, my God. So there it is. That is the greatest thing we're going to see in football that week, we think. And then Spurs see that go, yeah, all right, let's be Spursy. Let's go 2-0 down. <laughs> As I was sat there watching, it's like, fuck's sake, look, Liverpool come back from 3-0 down. Spurs are 1-0 down. We decide to go 3-0 down. We're so shit. I hate this team. Fuck's sake. All right. And then... um. And I was just there in the pub at that point. I'm just watching. I'm just watching football, watching it with my mates. We're just chilling out. We're having a laugh. Then, Lucas Moore scores two goals. And I, I got excited, but I didn't. When it goes about the 85th minute, I got really pragmatic. And I started giving the whole, you know what, it's been a good season. If someone said at the start of the season that Tottenham get to a Champions League semi-final and also qualify for the Champions League, I'd be like, yeah, that's, that's a good season for us. I was there. That's where I was. Then when they keep got booked for time wasting, I was like, it's done. But hey, you know, it was good though. It was a good run. And then that ball gets pumped forward. Sissoko, oh, Lorente, oh, to Ali, oh, Lucas Moura! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know I think I watch the highlights every day. Ah, oh, this been great though. Even better if Spurs actually win something, though. That'd be even better. But, you know, while we're here in the semi-final, I've got to be happy about that, right? You can't can't have it all. But, yeah, that's that's enough of the football talk. I won't talk anymore about football, but that was pretty awesome. Can't pretend I didn't care. Uh, what, what else happened this week? So, I said we've had, uh, had the two weddings. Did I talk about when I record? I called on the Friday, so had a wedding. Yeah, so I went to a wedding since the last recording. So there's two weddings that weekend, which is good. Uh, one wedding had about 15 speeches, maybe even more, maybe 20, 20 speeches. Uh, I looked at Naomi, go, that is not happening at our wedding. I'm not sure how many we're going to have, but no, not 20. And I'll, I'll be the person doing the last speech. I'm the headliner. I'm headlining my show. B 
big gig, my wedding. <laughs> but um, that's fun though. Like I said, you can't help though when you're at these weddings, just you're watching, just note taking all the time. They're like, mm, that's nice. Oh yeah, hmm. yeah, the canapes are nice. Oh yeah, they came a bit late. Oh, they had a lot of that. Oh, that was good. Oh, we wouldn't do that one, but like it, it's good for them. It's, that's all I spent my time doing. Analyzing, analyzing, analyzing. Just like a scouting mission to what we're gonna have at house. So, but it's good though. Really cool. Um, then I had my gig up in Birmingham on Sunday. Sunday night. So I had, I had a bank holiday Monday to recover. Um, but geez, yeah, I had to drive up Sunday. You know, hey, this is what happens when you do comedy sometimes, guys. There's part of you that hopes, you know, the guy who's running it just gives you a text message. Go, hey, the gig's off. <laughs> I'd been at two weddings in three days, right? That I had to drive over a hundred miles to go to this gig. I was fucking tired. Then, not only that, while we're up in Birmingham, get a message from them, front door's broken. They had trouble with the front door before, now it's fully broken. Can't lock it. Can't lock the front door. So she's having to be in bed with the front door closed. But you're not like in those American sitcoms where you can just walk in. Now they're friends, they never knock, so they just open the front door. That's what our front door's like. But we don't have a hallway and stairs. No, we have a path straight to the street. So yeah, we uh, she didn't feel safe. And they're going, I hope no, no one does anything dodgy or weird. No one's going to know the front door's open. And then your mind starts wise, going, yeah, but what if they do? What if I come back to an absolute horror scene? Just murder. And the guy's such a sicko, he's waited there for me. And then just kills himself in front of me. Now I look like I've done a double murder. Just, ah, be framed. So that's what I was worried about. So then the bank holiday Monday, um, door wasn't. It wasn't fixed. It wasn't fixed. And it's like, right. Isn't it one of those things that I can just leave? And um, I thought, you know, I'm a, I'm a modern man, but I'm still a man. So what I'll do is call a locksmith, get the door fixed. <laughs> then I went, yeah, that's about £80 call-out charge. And I was like, what? Hey, mm. okay, let me look at this door. Do you know what, guys? I looked at this door. I looked at it and I was like, what is needed here? What's missing? What? What is happening? Why is this latch not, not locking in? So I've realised, ah, the bracket there, the screw's loose on one of them. Ah, the screw's missing on another bracket. Ah, what I need is a screw. Let me go to the screw. So I went to Robert Dias to get this screw. I don't know what this screw is. So I just basically I took one of the other screws out, walked to the Robert Dias with it in my hand. So like, do you have one of these? And you forget. Like you assume that everyone's an expert because like I'm dumb at something. I assume everyone in the shop must know more than me. But I forget they're just shop workers. They can be selling anything. So you got any of these? And like, uh, screw, it's a screw. Uh, okay, our screws are. Uh, yeah, all right. Um, yeah. So he's just walking over to the screw section. You go, if it's here, it's going to be in this section. I was like, mm. I was really hoping that you would be able to tell me exactly what screw this is and where to get it from. But it seems like I'm going to have to look for it myself. So I looked, couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. It's a tiny screw, man. Like it's no longer than like a centimetre. Alright. And then um, I drive back to Hatfield and I go to, go to uh, screw fix. Go in there. Ask for it. Now they start using some technical terms. And that 
uh, what was it, a, count, a countersunk. Because, oh yeah, it's a countersunk thing, but the size of it, we'll probably don't get in that short. And he's like, yeah, it's four, mil, four millimetre. He's just saying all these things, like, all right, have you got one? They're like, nah, sorry, mate, don't have that. Try, uh, I shouldn't really say this, try tool stations just down, down the road. So, three shops down, tool station, go in there. Now, this guy, he actually has expertise. I show him the thing, he goes, yeah, that's a count that's sunk. It looks like what, Ooh, looks like about four, four M. About four M count that's sunk, All right, so, because small problem is the smallest we've got is five M. You need a four M. Um, have you tried screw fix? I was like, I, yeah, I just come from there. They said for me to come here. He's like, yeah. Oh. And then I go, what do you call it? And he's like, four M countersunk screw. And I was like, all right. Then I Google it. Boom. Where is it in stock? At fucking screw fix. Guy didn't know. So I was like, ah, excuse me. I want this one. Big bag one. Problem is though, guys. They're really fucking long, aren't they? Really long. So I had to buy a flipping junior hacksaw as well. That's right. Darren Griffiths went from, I'm going to call a locksmith to now knowing exactly what a 4M counter sunk screw is. And I'm actually going to chop it. Do I have anything to measure it with? No, I had to just wing it, use my eyes. Go, do you know what? I think I'm going to cut this screw here. Now it was a bag of 25 screws. So I had like, 24 chances to fuck it up and still be able to get it right, okay? But guess what? I nailed it first go, boom! Tell you what, cutting a screw is not very easy. It took me about 20 minutes to cut this screw. And then, remember, this is me winging it, thinking this might work. So, screw it into the door. Screw back the other screw that we walk around the shop with. Put that back in the door. Tighten all the screws around there. Push the door shut. Boom. Clicks into place. It's locked. Naomi looks at me and goes, wow. You're actually useful. <laughs> and there you go. That was my triumph this week. That, that's, I should have known Spurs were going to go through when I managed to fix that door. That was my comeback from the door. I was very proud of myself. Um... Right, what else has happened as well this week? Uh, you got the royal baby, Archie. Archie Harrison. Mountbatten wins. Do what? It makes me laugh. I'm, I'm not interested in the royal family at all, but it's funny how much shit I know about the royal family that other people don't. I think like a lot of times, like black people, we just assume white people know a lot about the royal family. Like, we think it's kind of like, it's their thing. And then when you speak to people, they're like, what? What's it called, a baby? Oh, all right, whatever. What? Mountbatten? What the fuck kind of name is Mountbatten Windsor? And it's like, that's, it's their surname. What? It, it's their surname. Yeah, those people didn't know that, that they had a surname. And then, you know, my, uh, my, my woke timeline. I love these guys. Because there's some people, I've got, right, so I've got some people in my timeline who are smart and they they talk about stuff that i have to just google but like what the fuck are they talking about so like, oh shit that's deep more people should know about that right that what happens sometimes a lot of some people they just go in they got their agenda and whatever it is 
whatever the topic, whatever's happening on the timeline, they will spin it into their agenda. And uh, so there, obviously, babies here. His name's Archie Harrison. What do people start going? Well, so why is he not a prince then? Oh, I know. It's because he's black, isn't it? That's why he's not a prince. Because he's black. It's like, um, no. no it's, it's literally on Wikipedia. Have a look why he's not a prince. I can't remember it, but when I read it, I was like, that's legit. Something to do with like the direct male heir. If you're a descendant of the male heir, then you get HRH, his Royal Highness or her Royal Highness title. And then, yeah, then you become a prince or princess. And because the queen's still alive or something, it only like goes to three generations. So that's why uh, William has it as the male heir, as a descendant of Charles, as does uh, matey boy, Harry. But then Prince William's kids have it because he's the actual direct heir. If the, when the queen dies, then Archie becomes a prince, I think, or he becomes his royal highness. Archie Harrison. <laughs> I, I, I think the name just, the name just makes you laugh. Because he's not Prince. He's just Archie. This has got him just in a flat cap, just in a pub. In a gilet. T-shirt. Oh, it's Archie come. Yeah, here he is. Right, boys? How you doing? Yeah, no, yeah I'm just one of you boys. I'm a common lad, don't I? Yeah, because apparently they didn't want to give him his other title that he was eligible to have, Earl of Dumbarton, so he wanted to be a normal guy. He's not going to be a normal guy. His dad's fucking Prince Harry. At one point, his uncle will be the fucking king. <laughs> Let that sink in. We do this weekend, Archie. Just go around my uncle's house, and I go around my uncle's house. What you mean, King King William? Yeah, yeah, it's my uncle, though, isn't it? He's still my uncle. Yeah, go around his house. Go for a barbecue, mate. It's nuts. Oh. His house, what, you mean Buckingham Palace? Yeah. Yes, that's where my uncle lives. <laughs> Archie. Archie Harrison, mate. That's, that's my name. Archie Harrison. Get around grandma's ass. Um, right. But what else was happening with this baby? Then there's like, there's a bit of a furore. Is it furore? Is it furore? 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 You know what I'm talking about, though. There's a fucking fuss about um, a CNN article having a sub headline of how black is the prince now without any context oh that's a weird question reading the article perfectly legit the article is basically talking about how um basically it's they had like these different myths of of mixed race children the mulatto myth of the confused mixed race child um you know where mixed race people are caught between two cultures and they don't know what to do, they they run around confused, like, like they can't can't work out life. Look, do what all the difference is right. Mixed race people come from two different cultures. It is visible, but anyone who has two parents will know that one of your parents' families dominates your life more than the other. Just it's just fact. Whichever family is more family oriented or bigger you're going to have more of a sway to that family. So if you're half Jamaican, half St. Lucian, but your Jamaican family are actually bigger and they have more family events, guess what? You're probably going to grow up a little bit more Jamaican. 
But do you go around going, oh, I'm confused, I don't know if I'm Jamaican or St. Lucian, I'm not sure. And I said, it's visual. Don't because it's visible. And I'm telling you now, if you meet someone who's like half Chinese, half Vietnamese, you can't tell the difference and you don't go around going, I must be confused. So it's just like, it's not that confusing. It'll be easy, it'll be fine. But they're talking about that, then they're talking about the magic mulatto. That's another uh, myth. I, I, I don't use the word mulatto people, so. Um, <laughs> it's a great word though, isn't it? It's funny. No, um, now, that the magic mulatto myth is about mixed race people being able to fix racism. A lot of pressure for a young kid. He's only a few days old. You know? Just like, yeah, can you, uh, can you fix racism? Oh, he's gonna, he's gonna unite everyone. Fix the divide in the world. It's like, really? Jeez, didn't know he's gonna collect the infinity stones, travel back, stop Europe from colonizing Africa, redistribute wealth evenly across the whole planet, make everyone get on. No, it's no racial divisions. Everyone's an individual, but everyone's a family. And then he's gonna come back right to the same point in time. And she's like, like yeah, still, still a normal guy, and I'm still Archie. No pressure on me. Not a prince. See, I'm Archie. Yeah, I time travel, cure racism and that, but just me, it's just me, it's just Archie. Just me, he's Archie, mate. Tell you what, though, he already has one scalp. Boom. Danny Baker. Oh, do you see that? Danny Baker's tweet with a little monkey walking out of a hospital saying the royal baby. Now, I've read all sides of this. I've read all angles. Let's play devil's advocate. Let's say that he doesn't know. His, his argument was he didn't know um, who gave birth. He just knew it was a royal baby. He also has a track record of whenever someone posh does something, recreating it with a primate of some sort. Just a chimp, a monkey, something like that. He just always, he just always does that. This is what apparently is, is his thing. It's his joke. Yeah. So, fine. So that, that's what he usually does. He says he didn't even know. He just heard his royal baby. When he found out that the mum was black, he was like, oh shit. Let me take this down. And he took it down. In that time, there was the Sparks Fury with tweets. Then I was sacked by BBC. And everyone's like, hooray! Archie done it again. <laughs> He's only been here for a few days. Hooray! Well done, Archie. Now, shout out to Paul Lawrence for pointing this out. He points out the fact that this sacking isn't anything to do with racism. It's to do with royalty. It's to do with the fact that Archie, even though he's just a normal lad, I'm Archie Harrison, mate, he is still royalty. And you can't be calling royals monkeys. They ain't having it. Stuff to do with his black. They give a shit. It's because he's royal. So everyone thinking that, oh, it's all good. He's cured racism. Told you Archie was magical. He, he hasn't, he, he's still royal. Imagine if he grows up to be a right prick as well. I was like, so disappointed in you. <laughs> no, man, it's nuts with that um, that tweet. So I had some people, some people in my time, I'd go like, he, he said he didn't know. All right, do you want us to risk 
that that is the risk that you run okay you can't be but I mean oh, no. he'll get a new job though won't he that's the thing what makes love is these instances make like people black famous and no one knew who Daddy Baker was. Black people didn't know. A lot of, lot of young black people didn't know who Daddy Baker was. I remember Daddy Baker on some show from when I was a kid where there was like two teams sat on sofas. It was like Pictionary. They basically made Pictionary on TV. And he was the host. Always one of the team leaders on it. That's what I know Daddy Baker from. And then Dad's Doorstep Challenge. I think that was Danny Baker as well. Um, and that's it. But now he's like, he's trending. Everyone knows him. Becomes famous, stuff like that. It's it's nuts. That he's uh that should have been sacked though, should he? <sighs> I mean, it's just what does it matter? That's how I honestly feel. Whether he kept his job or he did, I, was, I don't I don't care. I don't I don't want to care. But it's all over my timeline. And stuff and um shout out to Paul Lawrence again, he killed me twice on this joke because something like maybe he isn't racist you know a lot of people go he has got a racist bone in his body Paul went hey look not for John Barnes is defend him this is proof that he's racist I was like mate that's that's brilliant so pissed off I didn't write that but it's always the same thing when someone does something racist always people can't go I've worked with them and they haven't got a racist bone in their body listen you need to stop putting racism and morality together. I keep saying this. I feel like I'm saying this every week. The two separate things, they can cross over, but they're not one and the same. When people say, I've worked with this guy, he doesn't have a racist bone in his body. What they're actually saying is, I've worked with this guy, he didn't seem like a cunt. He seemed all right. Didn't seem like a prick. This could still be racist. And racism doesn't have to be this active behavior of going out and being horrible to black and brown people. Same as like sexism. Like you, it doesn't mean you're going around just calling women bitches and punching them in the tits. Like that, that isn't sexism. I mean, that is sexist. That's pretty sexist if you're calling someone a bitch and punching them in the tits. But what I'm saying is, it's about attitudes. Yeah, it's about behaviors, thought, thought patterns and structures. That's what it's about on an individual level. Yeah, it's discrimination, prejudice. Don't have to be malicious with it. The fact that, you know, you, uh, you're you picking a, a, a basketball team and you pick a black guy. All your workmates there and you pick up, do what? You. Who, me? Yeah, you're, you're my first pick. Do what? I'm, I'm, I'm not very good at basketball. I'm actually dreadful at it. Oh, all right then, mate. You're on the team. That, that's racism. Just assuming the black guy's good at basketball because, you know, black guys are good at basketball. That's racism. Is it horrible? No. Is it malicious? No. But it's still, it's still racism. It's still kind of, it's under the umbrella of racism. Same way if you get on a bus and there's a white person there, there's a black person there, and there's a black person, you go, I'm probably going to sit next to the black person. I do it. Why? I don't know. If if those people all equal, right? Paria Passu, and the only difference between the two people is one's black and one's white. Probably gonna sit next to the black person. I have no actual reason for it. 
except for I'm black and they're black. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's racism. It's not malicious. But what I'm saying is when someone posts a picture of a fucking monkey and it's linked to a bloody child whose mum's mixed race, it's racist. Doesn't matter if he's a nice guy or not. It's racist. It's that simple. Still don't know if he should have got sacked though. I think they had to in it because he's royal. Because the kid's royal. Because Alan Sugar didn't get sacked when he made that all the Senegalese team sold fucking sunglasses. You know what I mean? So, um, what was I going to say? Sorry, I've just got another wait. Oh, shit, yeah. I'm applied to. Oh, that's dreadful. Poor form, Darren. You know exactly how annoying it is to send out RSVPs and not get a response, and I've done that to one of my mates. Whoops. Um, <laughs> what else has happened this week? I wanted to talk about... Um, oh, that's not a bit of racism that happened this week. Sorry, I just learned. Uh, Cubs game. Some guy got sacked for doing a white power symbol behind some reporter's head. Now, I didn't even know this was a thing. Didn't know. Didn't know. Ignorance. This will happen sometimes. Sometimes we don't know shit. This is one of those moments where I didn't know something. I didn't, I didn't know that was a racist symbol. It's like the OK sign. Right, now here's the thing. I was, so someone posted this online and I went, oh, like, is, is this racist? Like, what's been done to actually prove that this guy did this in a racist way and stuff? One guy comes flying into the comments. Uh, why would you comment without reading the whole article? What do you want him to do? Wear a clan hood? And I, I just responded, I did read the whole article. Um, I just want to know how you've, how we've reached the conclusion that that guy who did the hand signal was doing a white power signal when that hand sign is also okay. It's the circle game. It's like the hands is a lot of things. And then I got into a back and forth, not with that guy, because what's the point? I got into a back and forth with uh, someone who's American and they explained to me about actually now with the whole uh, alt-right thing and just what, it, it's been, there's been a rise in it and the actual thing is it's the photobomb with that s- symbol so in the context of them being in the back of a camera it suits perfectly to them doing this sign this white power sign which is also another sign in the south apparently for an arsehole so i mean it has a lot of meanings so it's to do with context and in that context apparently that's that's when if you were going to do it in a racist way you would have done it then that's why this guy's been banned for life from watching baseball. Imagine that. Just, just hold, hold your white power down, mate. Do you know what I mean? Just save it to after the baseball. But he's so itchy to do it. It's like, hey, and they've been banned for life. So you're going to be sad. It's like, was it worth it? No, probably not. I don't, I don't even, I don't even really support this white power stuff. I just, just thought it'd be funny. Boom, bound for life. What a prick. Um, what else has happened? Talking about, uh, what have I done this week? So I'm going to chat about the concept of time. I'm going to talk about that. Probably need someone else to talk about that with, who's also interested in it. But I think it was just discussing. Uh, we're actually, but it's through with Tottenham. I'm just talking to another Tottenham fan who was, um... well, actually, this is before the game. And I was saying, you know, well, Tottenham don't go through. They have got to a semi-final. 
of the Champions League. I said this before the game, got to the final, the semi-final of the Champions League and finished top four. So, you know, got to take that at the start of the season. And he's just, oh, you're just so level-headed. I go, no, I'm not. It's just I'm, I am just fully aware that as a human being, um, we are really bad at... This is why time's just a concept, but we're really bad at knowing, remembering how we felt or thought in the past and predicting how we're going to think and feel in the future. We're dreadful at it. We're very now. Now's the only thing that exists, right? And it's evident in a lot of decisions we make when we make the same mistake twice because we just can't remember how we felt at the time when it previously happened. We just know how we feel right now. What? feel like this is going to work out. I feel good about it. You felt that exact same feeling when it fucked up last time. Yeah? That's what's... And it's interesting. Like, constantly. And when you think about, like, it's just different phases of now. And you just keep on making the same mistakes over and over again in life. You know, it's just, yeah. It's weird. Imagine if someone else comes up with a new concept of how to measure things. Like, time's a solid concept. Like, we've all kind of got down and agreed with it, right? But, um... Oh, what's that film? The one with Amy Adams talks to the aliens, and they talk and like, oh, it's just speaking a different language and stuff. And that's all about. Oh, you got to watch it. If I can find out what the film's called, because uh, I can't just leave it at that. Solid film though. Um, Amy Adams movie movies. Uh, so it's really I was thinking Amy Adams is one of my favourite actresses because she the three films that have come up there I've liked her in all of them Enchanted American Hustle Man of Steel um, she's one of these faces that I can't work how old she is like she can play really old characters and really young characters like pretty, pretty cool uh, what is the film called it is called Arrival that's it. Go watch Arrival, people. It's um, really good. Really, really good. Uh, yeah, got Jeremy Renner in it, Forrest Whitaker. It's got a nice little... Yeah, it's got a nice little uh, cast in that film. But that, that talks about the concept of time as well. And... Um, trust me, it's just... Yeah, it's, it's good. It's hard to get your head around it, though. Very hard to get your head around. But watch Arrival. I won't watch it again today. Well, I can't watch it today. So I've got a gig to do today, haven't I? At the fucking O2. That's why Indigo at the O2. I'm like in the O2 arena. Does it Indigo? It's only 2,000 people I'm performing to today. <sighs> On my three-year anniversary of comedy as well. I've got two kind of anniversaries. So this was... the the same week and actually did my comedy course and did my little graduate show on the Sunday. Uh, and then at the end, the bank, the final bank holiday weekend of May is when I actually did my first gig, like walk on stage and, um, yeah, walk on stage and just telling my, telling my jokes. Crazy thing is though, it's like going full circle, isn't it? How life goes. Do you know who I was gigging with on my first ever Proper like proper gig, so the lineup was Miss My Real, then uh, Will E Robbo, then Break, Travis J, me, and then Kojo. 
right? This that hideaway, shitting myself. Three years later, who am I on the bill with? Oh, and Kane Brown was hosting it. Now, three years later, where am I? At Indigo 2. Who's on the lineup? Will Robbo. Kojo is hosted by Kane Brown. The only difference is, this time it's in front of 2,000 people instead of 200. So, with that maths, <laughs> uh, in three years' time, I must be performing in front of 20,000 people. Um, yeah, in another three years' time. So let's see, let's see if that happens. Yeah, 20,000. That'd be fun. Not sure where that will happen, but um, yeah, why not? Why the fuck not? Uh, right. I wanted to, I wanted Naomi to be here to talk about this topic, but she's not here, so fuck it. We're going to talk about Aisha Curry and the controversy that she's a married woman, but she wants to be desired by other men. I mean, I haven't seen it. She's on the Red Table Talks. I've never watched. Um, it's very, it's got a lot of, um, a lot of content though that has because so much of what comes out of that show I see clips of. And um, from what I can see of it, it's kind of like it's just a talk show for women uh, hosted by Jada Pinkett. And um, it just seems like something she wants to do in her house, isn't it? Why not? If you can work from your house, why, why wouldn't you do that? So um, that's what she does. And she had Aisha Curry on there. And she was talking about how Steph Curry has lots of women throwing themselves at him um, and she fully trusts him. That's all cool. Like she's not, that's not an issue for her. Like that, That's not an issue. But she does have an issue with the fact that no guy's ever, you know, checked her. She doesn't get any mad attention, she says, um, from anyone. She says that she hasn't felt like she's had that since she's been with Steph. So all oh, the girls I take up, that's because you're married and your radar's off and, you know, you're not sending out the signals to say, come and chat to me. She goes, yeah, that is all cool and nice. But I mean, like no one. And it got me thinking, it's like, cause a lot of people going, ah, oh, look at her. Like, how can she say that? She's got everything, but she wants, but she's not happy and blah, 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 blah. Look, here's the thing. Let's be honest, people. Let's just be real. We all want to feel desired. And it's wonderful when you meet someone and you settle down and you get married and stuff, right? That's going to be love. That's lovely. However, you still want to be desired by other people. don't need to be with them, but you still want to be sexy. You still want to be appealing. And guess what? You want to be with someone who is sexy and appealing. You think Naomi would let me go on stage tonight at the fucking Indigo 2 without a haircut, without a nice shirt? Literally everything I'm wearing right now. Yes, this is Saturday I'm recording this. Everything I'm wearing right now, she's bought. <laughs> the shirt, my jeans. Actually, I, I bought my boots. Yeah, that's right. But I bought my own trainers. I bought my own shoes. Right. She um. But yeah, and she says, "No, you got to look good. You're on stage. I can't have people seeing you on stage." And they're like, "Ugh, who's that?" <laughs> See, like, I, I have to take care of the funny. I want to make sure I'm funny. I can't be on stage and not be funny. She's like, uh, this is awkward. 
So I'll take care of the funny. She takes care of how I look. But it's it's a fact, man. Like you, do you wanna you wanna be desired. So I don't want people going at her like she's chatting shit. I just feel like anyone who says they they don't want to be desired, they're, they're kind of chatting shit. You want yeah. That's, that's, it just makes perfect sense to me. I, I just can't imagine living my life ten years and not one person's paid any kind of compliment that says I'm good looking or attractive. Now, is she going to get that energy so overtly? Probably not. See, that's what she's got to understand, though. She's got to understand that she's married to one of the most famous basketball players. Other than, like, LeBron James, Steph Curry's probably the most famous basketball player at the moment. And guys really have a lot of loyalty to sports stars. (laughs) So, no one's trying it on with Steph Curry's missus. She's not going to get anyone in the DMs. She probably will now. People will see it as an invite. And they say, wow, Jesus Christ. They want all of this. But, um, but yeah, man. It's just, I don't know. I just, I just find it weird to start reactions with some people just trying to make out like she said something criminal that she wants to be desired. So it's just a lie if you don't want to be. If you're saying you don't want to be, man. Anyway, I think that is the end of the pod. Yeah, 37 minutes. Um, let's get on to Dear Deirdre's. Oh, God, my head. Need some water. Oh, here it goes. Uh, Dear Deirdre, my baby's father has dumped me for drunken snog despite him sleeping around. Oh, two wrongs don't make a right. And some wrongs are wronger. So um, the father of my baby has dumped me after I had a drunken kiss with another fella. But we aren't. But we weren't an item at the time. And he slept with two other women since I fell pregnant. Jesus Christ, dude. Um, my now ex and I met at our local gym. He's fit, athletic and very good looking. Um, soon after we were chatting as if we'd known each other all our lives. I'm 26, he's 28. We had so much in common, we ended up falling for one another very hard and fast. <laughs> like he was with the other ladies while you were pregnant. Hard and fast. Um, after a particularly strenuous workout one evening, he invited me to his for a coffee. And when I opened up the coffee, I realised it wasn't coffee, but his penis. I'm not very good at directing porn um, or writing it, but I hate them. Anyway, after a particularly strenuous workout, <laughs> one evening he invited me to his for a coffee. Then we exchanged phone numbers and started texting. I rang him a few days later as I couldn't get him out of my mind. We went for dinner and then back to his flat. My son was in knots. I felt like a teenager. As soon as we got inside, we were all over one another. The sex was something else. It was as though we were meant to be together. He then dropped the bombshell that he had a girlfriend. Oh, but told me he was going to end it for me. But he didn't. Ah, where is your red flags? But please continue with this charade. (laughs) One night we went out and got drunk and ended up kissing a friend of his. Uh, There it is. Um, he went ballistic and claimed I cheated on him, even though we weren't in a relationship as he was still with his girlfriend. We carried on seeing one another anyway and I fell pregnant. What the fuck is this? I felt bad for it at first. 
he did then break up with his girlfriend. Hooray! And we became an item. Hooray! True love. Everything was going so well and we were looking forward to the birth of our baby. I then discovered messages on his phone, arranged to meet up with other women. I was gutted. He eventually admitted he cheated on me twice. Hello. Hi. You alright? Yeah, why were you in Asda? I wasn't. I was getting my hair cut, so I was next to Asda, so oh. I was going to go into it. You alright? Yeah. So I'm recording the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, I'm alright. <laughs> um, so I just finish doing this. I was going to ask you about your views on Aisha Curry, but... <laughs> huh? All right, cool. Let me finish this then. Um, so, what's that? Blah, 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 blah. So, eventually, made that he cheated on me twice once when I was pregnant, and once when our baby boy was a month. I was devastated, and the relationship ended. He claimed it is over because I cheated on him, but I didn't. I have told him I love him and only want him. Did he leave me because I cheated, or is he using that as an excuse? Do you think I cheated on him? This whole thing's a flipping mess. Absolute mess. I, I don't know how this woman can get with a guy who has a woman and then fall pregnant and then be upset that this guy's still with his ex. <laughs> Absolute state. Absolute state. All right. Um, this podcast lasted way too long, so I'm going to wrap it up. Um, before I go, what I'll say is uh, go to Inst. Instagram, I need to update my website actually, but uh, on the 31st of May um, at Fontaine's in Stoke Newington, Philo Huff and I will be um, doing back-to-back shows, um, so I'll be doing somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour of uh, new material and just getting ideas out of my head um, into the ether, so some of it will be good, some of it will be shocking, some will be terrible, but Hopefully we all have a laugh, we all have a drink, and we can all talk about it after. Um, and if I'm not good, Filio will be good. So there you go. At least one of us will, will deliver. Um, so go to my Instagram. It's in the it's in my bio, the link to, to that event. And also Facebook event as well. It's on there. Um, if you type in, what is it actually called? Jeez, this is terrible. I should know this. Uh, it is called, uh, it is called, it is called, it is called, jeez, Darren, this is such poor organisation. Products of the new world, there you go, why did I not know that? My brain hurts. Right, so yeah, go check that out people, Um, if you want to come, go do that man, I can't offer you any free tickets, because um, the venue's charging and that's just that's just it really so don't ask me for any freeness get out of here because that is the end of the podcast what charles